You want dominance? IU Women's Basketball gave you dominance on Thursday. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? It is Friday, December 2nd. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Brood. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Also want to thank today's sponsor, BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. The Hoosiers women's basketball team made as loud of a statement as you're going to be able to make in uh, a season, in, in this season specifically. We talked on Thursday's episode about what the men's team did. The women's team, it is hard to overstate just how impressive they were as they throttled UNC on Thursday night. Number five, Indiana came into this game undefeated. Obviously, though, without Grace Berger, coming up against number six, UNC, undefeated, coming in off winning the PKI, the Phil Knight Invitational, over a couple of ranked teams. This was a as tough of a test as Indiana might have all season. The Ohio State game is looming. The Iowa games are looming. But this this UNC team was a very tough team coming in, coming in playing really well. What happened was absolute utter dominance. IU wins 87-63. It was, I, I know I just said this, it's hard to overstate what Indiana did without Grace Berger. Grace Berger is the engine of this team on offense and defense. It is akin to Indiana's men's team losing Trace Jackson Davis. Everything flows through him offensively. Everything, especially last season, flowed through him defensively. Grace on offense was the leader. Uh, she ran the offense she scored, she assisted. Defensively, she was one of the best, maybe the best perimeter defender. Uh, it might be a little bit different of a comparison on that end. Not having her was going to change the way IU was going to have to play this game. IU did not look like a team playing its, I guess, its second game without Grace Berger on Thursday. Just a number of impressive performances up and down the board offensively this team continues to be incredible to put up 87 points without grace Berger. Look, I, <laughs> it, it, I'm almost speechless at how good of a performance this was. I I'm going to try not to say it a lot, but really honestly doing this in the circumstances that they had is it's going to be hard to have a better win. Just not just for IU this season, there were national analysts, Charlie Cream, the, the ESPN women's basketball bracketologist, ranked this as one of the best wins in the country this season for any team. Considering what Indiana was heading into this game with or without, to beat a very good UNC team that was averaging over 80 points per game, hold them to 63, put up 87 points of your own, this was phenomenal. I went into this game expecting a dogfight, worried about what this team was going to look like without Grace running the show. I come out of this game 
so thoroughly impressed. And I'm not going to say all the worries are gone, but I'm going to say IU answered a lot of questions on, on Thursday. Offensively, this team continues to um, improve as a unit. The spacing, uh, IU shot 12 of 22 from three. Uh, Sydney Parrish hit four threes. Sarah Scalia hit four threes. Yarden Garzon hit two threes. Uh, Chloe Moore McNeil hit a three. Henna, Sin- Henna Sandvik hit a three. Um, when this this was just not part of IU's offense, we've talked about that. They tied their season high with 12 three-pointers. They did not do that last season. They've done it twice this season already. And when you have that level of spacing, you're giving McKenzie Holmes room to work in the post. The result, a game-high 25 points for Holmes. She could not be stopped. 10 of 17 shooting, uh, 5 of 7 at the free throw line. She was everything IU needed her to be. We talked about... With Grace gone, McKenzie was going to have to pick up uh, some of the load, a lot of the load, and she did that. She answered that bell. She was as imp- as impressive as she's been all season. She's playing at an all-Big Ten level. She's playing at a National Player of the Year level right now. The the surprises or the, or the role players picking things up was going to be equally important, and I just mentioned – a number of players that that had big shooting nights. Sydney Parrish, though, my word, we're going to talk about her more in a moment. Twenty-four points, fourteen of those in the third quarter. Chloe Moore McNeil almost had a triple double: ten points, nine assists, seven rebounds, zero turnovers. She took on a lot more of the ball handling responsibility, which had been Berger's job this season as playing the point guard, basically. A lot of that went to Chloe. She looked phenomenal. Probably her best game in an IU jersey. Garzon, 9.7 assists, 7 rebounds. The audacity with which she plays with, and I mean that as a compliment. Some of the passes she she was throwing out there. She had a behind-the-back pass on the baseline to McKenzie Holmes. that It wasn't a great pass, and McKenzie bailed her out and got an and-one. The audacity to throw that pass as a freshman, um, that shows you what type of confidence she's playing with. Sarah Scalia was shooting from the parking lot all night long and burying them. This was a team effort. Uh, The third quarter, I think, is where this game was really won, though. IU went into the half up double digits. They were up 16 points. The thing is, this UNC team over the weekend at the Phil Knight Invitational had two double-digit second-half comebacks, including a 17-point comeback. So this was a UNC team that, as much as you can have confidence down 16 points, they had that. They knew that that lead wasn't insurmountable, and they had done it twice recently. What IU did is, I don't want to say necessarily dominate the third quarter, but they certainly controlled the third quarter, and they won it by three points, and that was almost entirely because of Sydney Parrish having the quarter of her life, 14 points, five of eight shooting two of three from three. Uh, this IU team answered the bell. Uh, the Tar Heels never went on a run in that second half. And as a result, this lead only grew in the third quarter. 
that I mean, North Carolina shot 41% from the field, 50% from three in that quarter, but IU just matched them. IU shot 53% from the field, hit three of their four threes. They didn't let North Carolina go on that run to get them some momentum, get them some confidence. And as a result, uh, UNC didn't give up, but that it, IU stayed in control for the rest of the game. The defense was phenomenal. It continues to be the calling card of this IU team. As much as we talk about the offense, the spacing, McKenzie Holmes, all of that, defensively, like I said, UNC was averaging over 80 points per game. They scored 63, 35% shooting from the field. They, <laughs> this was not entirely IU's fault. It was, uh, or not IU's fault, but IU did not cause UNC to struggle shooting layups. It was just kind of one of those nights where you miss a couple bunnies. IU challenge a couple of them. And for whatever reason, they just could not make them. UNC finished 11 of 33 on layups. Let me repeat that. 11 of 33 on layups. It was just one of those nights. They finished with 0.851 points per possession. IU was 1.2. I think if there was one stat to sum everything up, it would be that. A dominant win for IU under incredible circumstances. And we're going to talk about some of the players that played the biggest roles in that here in just a moment. Before we do that, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Big shout out to you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Now for your second listen, once you're finished with uh, this, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most, the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, wherever you guys are listening, watching us at. Let's talk about some of the individuals that stepped up. We you you have to start with Sydney Parrish. My oh my. Um th- what a game for her. What a moment for for those that didn't or haven't followed this team all season. Sydney transferred in from Oregon. She's from Indiana. She grew up an IU fan. This is home for her. She's I obviously been to Assembly Hall. She's seen these types of environments. To show up the way she did in this game is just awesome. 24 points, 9 of 15 shooting, 4 of 7 from 3, chipped in 6 rebounds, had a couple of steals, did everything that she normally does. She just simply added almost a career high on top of it. An incredible performance from her. Like I said, that third quarter, she was immense, knocking down threes, getting and ones, um an incredible outing from her as much as we can say and expect McKenzie Holmes to pick up some of the scoring load. Grace Berger does a lot of stuff and it was going to be a team effort, especially when it came to scoring for, for one night, it was Sydney Parrish who picked up that load and uh, just it's, it was as impressive of a game 
as she's had maybe in her career. I know it wasn't a career high, but considering who it was against and considering it was in uh, front of a, a, I won't say packed assembly hall, but a loud assembly hall. She got a standing ovation at being subbed out late. I think she was cramping up. Um, she was kind of hobbling a bit. She went down, was trying to stretch. They showed her on the bench eating a snack while the game was winding down. I think she was cramping up, uh, but she got subbed out, standing ovation. She was asked about it after the game, and she just said, I'm home. It, if you can't root for that, then I don't know what else to tell you. Mackenzie Holmes, just because there's an expectation of what she uh, can do, doesn't make it any less impressive. 25 points, five rebounds, three assists. Um, just there are few players that have put on the IU jersey, men or women, that are better around the basket than her. Her footwork, her post moves, her ability to score around the rim. It's impressive. Um, we thought that she might have a big game because UNC is a very guard heavy team. That was the case. Uh, she. I mean, she could hardly be stopped on the night. She continues to be absolutely incredible. This was this was McKenzie Holmes of last year. We said that if IU wanted to accomplish what it wanted to accomplish this season, it was going to need the pre-injury version of McKenzie Holmes. She's here. That was this was her. This is everything that she was last season. Uh so as long as we have this level of McKenzie Holmes. IU's going to have a shot most every single night. It, it it was incredible from her. Sarah Scalia was lights out from the three-point line. She hit her first four threes. She was three of three in the first half. And like I said, she was shooting them from the parking lot. She was shooting them from Bloomington North. She was burying three-pointers from so deep. Um, just incredible from her. Again, another player who comes in. This is her first season uh, in Bloomington, but 39 minutes, 12 points, 5 rebounds. IU has 38 rebounds on the night to UNC's 34. Uh, but a lot of those rebounds are coming from Scalia, from Chloe, from Sydney Parrish. Um, guards, basically. And some of those undersized guards. Sarah Scalia is not a big player. For her to grab 5 rebounds was impressive. For her to be the shooter that she is gives IU another level, another element to their offense. We talked about that a lot this season. This was the finest example of it yet. She had, uh, for whatever reason, UNC was going under screens against her. Um, I don't know if it was a miscommunication on the scouting report. I can't imagine the scouting report said to go under screens on her, but she made them pay. She was uh, drilling three-pointers, step-back threes, off-the-dribble threes. When she's able to do that, that's what makes things dangerous because if you, especially if you're running a screen and roll with her and Holmes, you have to be out on her at the three-point line, which can create havoc and, and let McKenzie have an open run at the rim. You don't want to give her that. Chloe Moore-McNeil, we mentioned, maybe her best game in an Indiana jersey, a team best plus 24 in 35 minutes. She did everything. And we mentioned there's a lot of ways that people were going to have to pick up the load for what Grace was doing. Chloe picked up the ball handling, the playmaking part of that. Nine assists without a turnover, a block, 
a block that she swatted into the stand. She swatted that to Indianapolis. Uh, a steal. She was three of four from the field. Knocked down her only three. Hit three of her free throws. Uh, all three of her free throws. Uh, she was an assist and a couple of rebounds away from a triple-double. She plays like this. She's going to mess around and get a triple-double one of these games. So, incredible from her. Incredible continued development from her. She's someone we've highlighted since last season. For her to continue to develop at this rate, remarkable. A testament to her. A testament to Terry Morin. Um Incredible stuff from both of them. Yarden Garzon, like I said, the confidence with which she plays with is unnatural. And I think you really could start to see this is going to be a really special player for Indiana. To have somebody at 6'3 that can rebound and handle the ball the way she can. She has the uh, good fortune of coming into a team where Typically, you have a Grace Berger, you have a Mackenzie Holmes, you have veterans like Scalia, like Chloe, like Sydney. Um, you don't have to do everything. She can do lots of things, though. I think this is going to be a truly, truly special player. She can do a bit of everything. 9.7 rebounds, 7, ass- seven assists. She also did a fair amount of that ball handling, um, brought the ball up number of times created her own shot created shots for McKenzie down low she can play a number of positions she's going to be a matchup nightmare we did get a Grace Berger update after the game uh finally we got kind of a straightforward answer before it was Grace is out indefinitely but she's taking it day to day Terry Morin just set the record straight and said she is simply out indefinitely There was no caveats to that. Grace is out indefinitely. It's it's not a definitive timeline, but it takes some of the murkiness out of it. But shout out to Terry Morin, man. Uh, If if you didn't see, she sported a Grace Burger sweatshirt. It's a sweatshirt available on the Indiana NIL store. I'm going to go purchase a Grace Burger shirt from from the NIL, NIL store, but... Terry Morin sported that today, had a picture of Grace with her name, uh, illustration on it, some artwork or whatnot. Her, she was asked about it after the game. Terry Morin rules, quote, I figured while she was on pause right now, I'll put a little bit more money in her pocket. Terry Morin is awesome. Uh, shout out to her. Shout out to Grace Berger. She was on the sidelines. She's taken a more kind of vocal leadership role. I don't know how long she's going to be out. I I know that Indiana looked fantastic without her. They're still better with her, obviously. Uh, The best version of Indiana has Grace Berger in it. Hopefully, we'll get to see her play again this season for the Hoosiers. But right now, we do not know. What we know is that this is an incredible Indiana team. This was as memorable and maybe as big of a win as this team's had since they made it to the elite eight and knocked off NC state outside of that, this might be the biggest win the programs had just the, the circumstances, the, the rankings, everything of that nature. So shout out to Terry Morin and the women's team. Now the women and the men have a big 10 game this weekend. 
We're going to talk about both of those. We're going to try to quickly preview a number of games across a number of sports this weekend. We'll do all of that here in just one moment. So let's start with the basketball. Uh, I'm going to try to cram everything into this. Not because I'm thinking lightly of any of these teams necessarily, but because I only have so much show to work with. Uh, The men's basketball team has a um, has their first both teams have their first Big Ten games on Sunday. The men are going to travel to Rutgers 4 p.m. in Piscataway. It will be on Big Ten Network. This is going to be a tricky game. This is a Rutgers team that Ken Palm has ranked number 39 in the country. You're going on the road. Rutgers has won not eight of the last nine games against Indiana. Uh, this is a, it's a hell of a way to open the Big Ten season, especially coming off the win that IU did. We're going to talk about that aspect here in a second. Uh, but the the Hoosiers are going to have a tough task ahead of them. If you just quickly glance at Ken Palm, what sticks out is that one, Rutgers has played basically nobody. Uh, their schedule is as light as Indiana's is, except the two decent teams that they've played temple and Miami, neither one of them are as good as Xavier or UNC. If you're wanting to compare just straight, uh, straight across head to head and Rutgers has lost both of those games. They lost to temple on a neutral site. They lost at Miami, uh, in the big 10 ACC challenge. Miami is the best team they face at number 42. They lost 68-61 in that one. Uh, so coming up against eight-ranked Indiana, that is going to be a tough one for the Scarlet Knights. Statistically, it's hard to really put a lot into these numbers because, like I said, most of their games, every one of their games aside from those two, have come against a team ranked 135th or lower. They've played four different teams ranked outside the top 200. So this is a lot like the lightness of Indiana schedule minus the, the marquee wins. <laughs> um, so having said that statistically, they rank 12th in Ken Palm in adjusted efficiency defensively. That's anchored by being sixth in an effective field goal percentage, 11th in turnovers, second and defensive three point percentage Teams are shooting 19.9% against Rutgers from the three-point line. Bad news for Rutgers, we shoot like 19% anyway. I know it's better this year, but three-pointers are not part of the equation for Indiana basketball. So it's a a defense that's really good, an offense that is mediocre, especially considering who they've played. They rank 109th in adjusted efficiency, 260th an effective field goal percentage. Uh, They're 20th in offensive rebound rate. So the Hoosiers are going to have to keep them off the glass. uh, And they don't have a lot of live ball turnovers. It's about all you can really take away from this one. They're not a team that uh, shoots a lot of three pointers. They don't shoot three pointers. Well, they shoot 31%. So this could be a lot of work inside the paint, inside the arc on Saturday that being said, Ken Palm predicts Indiana to win by three with a 61% chance at a victory. That's a, a, a really tough way to start off your 
Big Ten play. It's going to be a, an interesting one for Indiana. The women's side, they will play Illinois at 2 p.m. on Sunday in Assembly Hall on BTN+. Plus. Even quicker on Illinois. I'm not again not overlooking them. I'm just trying to squeeze everything in here. It's a team record-wise seven and one. Haven't played anybody. Uh, they have their wins have come against Long Island, Alcorn State, McNeese, Evansville, Oakland, Charlotte. They lost to Delaware and then they beat Pitt in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, a Pitt team that is that's their best opponent in terms of just kind of name recognition and Pitt is five and three. So this is the first big step up in an opponent for Illinois. The biggest thing for both of these teams, as I kind of alluded to avoiding the emotional letdown, these were two really big wins over UNC. The men's and women's team had now you head into big 10 play where every win is going to be really important. So Avoid that emotional letdown. You you have a number of days to kind of get yourself right and refocus on Big Ten play. Let's avoid that. Let's come away Sunday with a pair of victories. We also have on Saturday night the College Cup. IU had such a good time beating UNC in men's and women's basketball. They're going to get a shot to do it against UNC Greensboro in the Elite Eight for a spot in the College Cup in the Final Four. Number 12, UNC Greensboro. In Greensboro, 5 p.m. on Saturday. It will be on uh, ESPN+. Plus. At this point, I can tell you, I can look at Greensboro's schedule. I can tell you who they've played, how they've fared. If you're in the Elite Eight of a tournament, you're a good team. You've fared well. You've played well. You've gotten to this point. Uh, if you want to look at common opponents, they beat Ohio State in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, they tied them 1-1. They won on penalties 6-5. Obviously, a team that Indiana is familiar with. Uh, the Hoosiers against Ohio State this season uh, lost 2-1 in Columbus. So, make of that what you will. This is going to be an interesting game. Um, it's an Elite Eight game. It's going to be a tough game. Tune into that one. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. We'll be back with you on Monday. Recap the College Cup. Recap the Big Ten openers for the men's and women's teams. There'll be plenty to talk about next week. I'm excited to do it, but I'm excited to um, relish these victories because these were two huge wins by two of the top programs in the country. Both of them deserve an equal amount of great support. Continue showing up for the men's games. Start showing up for the women's games. This is an incredible women's team, and they made a, a heck of a statement that they're among the best in the in the country. I was going to say the Big Ten. Among the best in the country on Thursday. So show up and show out for them. But again, thanks for listening to us. Now, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. All of that great stuff. Most importantly, though, guys, everybody have a tremendous weekend. Let's go Hoosiers throughout the weekend and LEO.